Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I bring you my conversation with Sarah Therese. Sarah and I spoke back in February on an episode all about thrifting. Her advice was so helpful that I knew I wanted to bring her back. She is a wonderful mom and documents a lot of her best parenting tips on her YouTube channel. She's a well-known YouTuber with over 1 million subscribers. Her videos focus on minimalism, food, beauty, and motherhood. She herself is a mom to three littles, and they all reside on the west coast of British Columbia, Canada. Today, we will be speaking about how to get our children to play independently. We talk about playing independently during quiet time and then just playing independently in general. There are so many benefits to helping our children learn to play this way, not even just for them, but for us too. Getting our children to play by themselves will allow for us to get things done while returning to content, happy children. It may take some trial and error and encouragement on our part, but it really is worth it. I love this episode and I guess I shouldn't play favorites, but I would say that this is one of my top five of the year. But before we get to the conversation, I just wanted to encourage you as always to leave a rating and review on iTunes if you haven't done so yet. If you haven't left a review yet, head over there and maybe leave me maybe what your favorite episode has been or what you'd like to hear in the future. I'd love to know. All right, here is my conversation with Sarah Therese. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me this morning on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to be back. I had such a nice time last time. Yeah, I was just telling you before we started just that that I thought you brought so much to the table in our last conversation, and I knew that I wanted to talk to you again. And as I was kind of going through your YouTube channel, I saw the topic of independent play and how to get your kids to play by themselves. And that's something that I'm regularly asked, and I thought it would be the perfect conversation to have you back for. So before we get into that, can you just remind listeners of who you are? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, my name is Sarah Therese. I work from home. I do YouTube and Instagram and I talk about minimalism. I talk about my kids and me being a wife, being a mom. I talk about a lot of food and just self-care and taking care of yourself like mentally and spiritually and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for years now and I'm 25. I have three kids and I'm pretty young, but I'm a girl boss. I'm just like you, Diane. I'm a girl boss and and I love what I do. So yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. You, you kind of seem like an old soul. Has anyone ever said that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because, because I play Nat King Cole when I drive around in my car. (laughs) Very old soul. (laughs) No, that's great. Well, I also, I don't think the age necessarily defines how much you can know just because you've had so much experience and especially being a mom of three at 25, I don't know. I just think age is all relative and what you know is all relative to experience. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I couldn't agree more with with what you're saying. So many people come up to me and be like, oh, I just feel like you're too young. You're too young. And then we'll spark up a conversation. And it's it's not that I'm too young. It's just I've been through a lot and I've experienced a lot. Therefore, I can relate to like 30, 40, 50 year olds on a different level Mm -hmm. than I think most 25 year olds. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that for sure. Well, I'm excited to have you back here and let's just kind of get into our conversation. Why do you think independent play is important? 
Oh, girl, I could talk about this for so, so long. Well, first thing, independent play, I would say it is just as important as playing in a group or social setting for your child. I get a lot of people just being like, oh, you know what? My kid doesn't do independent play. They're amazing in a group and with other kiddos, but like they're not very good with independent play. And I'm like, you need to count your blessings because so many kids don't have the ability to even play with other people properly. Mm -hmm. So independent play is just as important as having your kids play in like a nice big group setting. But I think just having both of those tools, uh, both of those abilities in your children instilled in them is just highly beneficial. But I mean, just focusing in on independent play, like so many positive outcomes, their behavior, they're going to be way more self-reliant. Um, and also just think about their creativity and their imagination. When you leave a kid alone with a cereal box and tape, like it's amazing what they'll do. Mm -hmm. It'll improve their focus. It'll de develop their mind and it'll even help them have over time, a proper sustained attention span. I'm someone that can go to church or a conference and my kids can sit beside me through an hour of a church service and just sit and they'll listen and they'll read their books and their attention span mm -hmm. is just phenomenal. And, and they're content to just sit and wait. <laughs> it'll increase their confidence. It'll even strengthen a child's identity. I think so much of the time our kids are at our feet and they're watching us. What are we doing? What are we thinking? What are we eating? What are we um, leaning towards in our day? And they'll kind of play off of us as mamas. But when you give your child the chance to actually be alone, their identity can really strengthen because they go, oh, I kind of like this. Oh, I see I'm leaning towards this kind of stuff, whether it's toys or books or whatever items that they have. So I mean, there's so many benefits, but I think independent play is is a benefit to us as parents now because it finally gives us some time in our day to get things done just by ourselves. I think a lot of us can kind of reset when we are given time to just do something. It's like power hour. Like yeah. I can get so much done in an hour if there, no one's talking to me, even though I love conversation, mm -hmm. <laughs> if no one's talking to me, if no one's bugging me, I can get so much done. So I find quiet time and independent play is so great for your kiddos, of course. And I think that really comes first when we think about our child doing independent play and quiet time. But then it also, it really, really benefits us as parents to get things done, to have time to ourselves. And it's a, it's a reset. Mm -hmm. It's a recharge for both the parent and the child. Yeah, 100%. Everything that you're saying, I'm on board with. And I think that you're right. When we can get that power hour in as parents or even just like a refresher for ourselves, maybe in the middle of the day, it's so much more effective when our children aren't there. I hate to use the word nagging, but just sitting there nagging us or bothering us. Yes. So if we can get even starting out small with like a half hour where they really aren't bugging us, because I've noticed this with my daughter getting a little bit older, she is much more extroverted than my son. And so even though we've always done quiet time, I'm kind of having to reintroduce her into this idea because she's so extroverted and wants to talk to me, but then my work is disjointed or like my refreshing cleaning of the house, whatever that period looks like, it's disjointed because she continues to come out and it's like, nope, we have to, we have to re, I guess we have to 
show you again what this time looks like because you did so well. And now that you're getting older and want to talk more, like this time isn't more productive or as productive as it could be. And again, that sounds maybe kind of selfish for me to say that. Like, I know my kids are my main <laughs> priority, but it honestly, like, I think it takes away from the time that I'm spent with them if that hour is dragging on for two hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. Kids will go through different stages. When Ivy was a year and a half, she would have half an hour quiet time. We started really small and she was great and she'd do it by herself. And then when she was two, she'd have two hours. And then three, she would still have an hour. And since she has turned four, her quiet time has still been really great. Mm -hmm. But she will check in on me and be like, how are you doing? And do you see what I'm doing? And she, in a little bit of herself, she's lacking confidence in whether what she's doing or what she's playing with. Cause she'll read something and be like, I should probably go read this mom. She'll read it to me. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. And if she's making something or coloring something, she needs to constantly check in and be like, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. And she's trying to find assurance and build up her confidence through what she does. And I'm trying to give her the ability you know what, when it's quiet time, independent play time, you need to sit and just be by yourself for an hour. And if you like what you're doing, pat yourself on the back and go, wow, I did this and keep all this stuff together and show me when you're all done. But with independent play for Ivy specifically right now, um, one of the reasons we're really on it is so she can build up her confidence. So instead of constantly checking in how do you think I'm doing? What do you think of this? Can you give me affirmation, affirmation? Mm -hmm. um, we're giving her the ability to affirm herself mm -hmm. and be proud of herself. Mm -hmm. So by doing this, she's doing better in group settings. Mm -hmm. She's doing better in school. And then she's also growing in creativity and the things that she does because she's no longer set on doing everything for the pleasure of other people, mm -hmm. but for the pleasure of herself. So independent play will affect kids differently and all kids will be very different with it. And they'll go through so many stages of it. And, and I think that's so great. And I mean, it's just so key for like proper growth and development in your child and their brain. Yeah. You're really laying that foundation of the self-assurance. Like we don't need, I don't know. I'm just thinking about as our children are getting into their teenage years, if they go into those years with a firm foundation, they don't necessarily, of course there might be peer pressure, but they're going to not depend so much on that affirmation from peers because they're going to be confident in what they know about themselves. And, oh, yes. and so I think that even now with our littles, it's so important to really build them up in this way to know that they can do it. They can be by themselves for a little bit of time and encourage them in that way. So I, I love that you said that. Well, what does it look like? It sounds like you've always kind of had that quiet time. That's just always been what you guys have had in your family dynamic. Mm -hmm. But what would you recommend for parents that maybe either if they're wanting to start this or they have slightly older children, how, where do we start? Oh, we start with us. <laughs> we start with us. So I, I have people talking to me and these parents go like, oh, it's not going to work for my kids or my kids don't like it. Or we tried for a week and it didn't work. And I would encourage parents to demand more of their children. And I think a lot of people can hear demand and they think, oh, it's such a negative word. But to demand is to really um, encourage and to grow just deep, deep, um, important um What's the word that I'm thinking of? I'm thinking back to this book that I read about having your child play independently. And it was just talking about it. This is not 
surface level. This mm-hmm. is so, so deep. And it's so deep to the point that their peers can't affect it, their friends can't affect it, or anything like that. It's the parents that really affect it. So I would encourage parents to demand more of their children instead of having their children demand more of them. So I feel like when parents demand things of their children, it is not in a negative sense. Mm -hmm. We desire to see our children grow and become more and bigger and confident. And it's like the coolest thing. And then when you have a child demand something of a parent, it's completely opposite. It's Mm -hmm. for control and it's for self and it's, um, it's, it's a negative sense. So Um, A parent needs to just kind of hunker down and go, guys, Mm -hmm. starting tomorrow or starting in a week or whatever, as soon as that clock hits nine or 10, whatever time you want to do, we are doing quiet time. We're not going to think about doing quiet time and you're not going to test me. This is something that we're going to do and make it a family thing. Don't just have one child do quiet time and the rest can run around together. This needs to be something something where the whole entire family is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having Ivy and she was like a year and a half. And then Calvin was just a newborn. And I would even tell her, you're going to have your quiet time. Calvin's going to have qu- his quiet time, which was usually a nap, mm-hmm. but she didn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have my quiet time so she can see me lay out my books and my projects and whatever. And I'm having time by myself. And she, just like most kids, they will mimic you and they will do what you do. So if you make it a family kind of event, in a sense, a lot of people will be way more uh, willing to do it because kids, it can be like almost are, do you not like being with me? Like, do are you tired of me, mama? And they just need to realize this is normal. I'm doing it too. And there's nothing wrong with having quiet time. So I think uh, instead of parents just, well, we'll kind of, we'll see how this goes. Mm -hmm. There needs to be more of, this is what we're doing and I'm the authority. And I really think this is going to benefit us. Kids that are like a year and a half, you won't have to have this conversation with them because they won't understand. But as soon as they see you lay out that blanket or you pull out that book of or a box of toys and books, they know and they can connect it. Oh, this is my time mm-hmm. to calm down and just be by myself. Um, if you're starting with older kids, it's a great conversation to have and they can understand it. I think especially when you get into the six, seven, eight, even up to the tween kind of years, a lot of kids will desire to have alone time. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not strange for kids to want to be alone because that's how most kids, especially in today's modern age, how they reset. So, I mean, definitely start there. And I mean, from there, there's so many different things you can do. I always encourage this with smaller kids, but make sure you play with them first. Mm -hmm. So many parents will put their kids down for quiet time, independent play, and these kids are going but you haven't played with me yet. Mm -hmm. You need to fill these little hearts full and just get on the ground or read them books and, and fill them up or prep them Mm -hmm. and then go ahead and do a a quiet time or an independent play time. And I think a lot of parents need to realize we're not doing this podcast episode. So you can be lazy and kind of let go of your kids and responsibilities. This isn't, that kind of idea. This is a both ways benefit. Um, if you don't want to hang out with your kids, you probably <laughs> you probably need something so much more than this podcast episode because I've had moms come to me and go, oh, I just wish my kids would be 
so good at quiet time. So they would just leave me alone. And I was like, no, that's not the type of mindset that we're going for. This needs to be a blessing to you as well as to them. And and we need to keep our focus on that. Um, And then even just in the quiet time and the independent time to give them so much space, because I mean, like we know, you know, girl, like as a mom, like as soon as you create eye contact with your kid, like your stuff and you you're starting conversation and they're looking at you and showing you things. And it's to really ensure that they feel like it's just them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that invisible wall. If there's something wrong, please don't ignore it. But it's the idea of really, really giving them this beautiful, safe, secure space that they can do stuff be themselves, imagination, and just be silly. Mm -hmm. Kids just want to be silly and they find it to be much easier when they're by themselves to be silly. At least that's my kids in in that case. Mm -hmm. And and I say this a lot too, is don't just say, okay, guys, we're all going to do quiet time right now because your kids will panic. They're not prepared. Mm -hmm. And quiet time for some kids, it can be really difficult, especially in the beginning. Um, So I always say prime your kids. Uh, If you're going to start quiet time, don't start it that day. Give it a week. Mm -hmm. And every single day, talk about, are you guys excited for quiet time? We're going to start doing this. We're going to start implementing this. And you can even go to the thrift store and get certain books for quiet time and toys for quiet time. Um, and then when the day comes, when you're going to start implementing quiet time, have a timer, have a countdown, remind them, okay, we're starting at this time. We're starting at this time and really get them used to the idea of quiet time. Some kids don't need that. Some Mm -hmm. kids are like, you know what? We could do whatever at any time and we'll be perfectly fine. And some kids like me, I need a lot of warning. When I was a child, I needed it. And still as an adult, I really, really need it. Mm -hmm. I can't do last minute stuff because I need to prepare for it emotionally and just in my surroundings. Um, So yeah, give your kids some warning. I think Mm -hmm. it's great for them. And then it also creates just that excitement of something great is going to happen. And it is a good thing. And I think your kids should get excited about quiet time. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mental health has obviously become much more of a topic of conversation and something that we're more aware of and comfortable talking about these days. However, there can be a lot of stress associated with trying to find the right healthcare provider. That's where BetterHelp online counseling comes into play. With BetterHelp, they make the process so much easier and streamlined. You can talk to a healthcare professional from the comfort of your own home through your mobile device or your computer. BetterHelp will align you with someone based on your needs. So that could be depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, trauma, really anything that you'd like to talk to someone about. I personally have been able to check it out for myself and I have really seen the ease in which you can receive the care that you're looking for. It's really straightforward. I just had to go on there, fill out a survey of what I was looking for, and it set me up with my own personal counselor. I found it very convenient. I love that I can put my kids down for bed and have my session right there on my cozy couch. Also, if you don't like the person that you're originally matched with, you can always switch. They make it very painless and easy for you. It's quite fantastic. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you've really struggled with trying to get the right therapist or find the time to get to the therapist, I know that was one of my biggest problems in the past was 
making sure that I had a babysitter and then you have to consider drive time and it was just too much. So I love BetterHelp for just how straightforward and easy it really is. This is something I truly recommend. And best of all, it's an affordable option and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month. I want you to start living a happier life today. So join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health for 10% off at betterhelp.com. H-E-L-P.com slash minimalist. Enjoy the magic of Disney music anytime, anywhere. The Disney Hits playlist features all of your favorite Disney songs, including songs you grew up singing along to and the latest instant classics. I cannot get enough of the Moana soundtrack. My son loves to dance around singing You're Welcome, just like Maui. And my daughter loves anything by any princess that has ever been in a Disney film. I'm partial to some of the classics that are from the 50s and 60s, but hey, I love anything that Disney puts out. Their writing is simply amazing and it's so easy to access. Simply say, Alexa, play Disney hits or stream Disney hits on your favorite music service and let the magic of Disney music bring a smile to your face and warm your heart. Disney hits the happiest place on earth. Disney hits playlist is available on all music streaming services. I love that you said that this isn't a time to get away and escape our children. I mean, I guess that's, we aren't with them in those moments, but it really is about refreshing everyone in that time. And Mm -hmm. this is our encouragement to you. And then I really like that you talked about how transitions can be difficult. And I'm very similar. I don't like to be caught off guard. I'm not actually really big into surprises either. (laughs) I don't know why. I hate being surprised. But I think that if we can make those transitional times between lunch and now we all read a book together and now it's quiet time. And that may look different, like you said, for older children versus younger children that might still be napping. But I guess... I don't know if this question is going to catch you off guard, but what does it actually look like? Is Ivy allowed to be in the room with you or does she go to her room with the door shut? Because I think some kids might not want the door shut. Maybe that's overwhelming. So I guess, how would you navigate that? Yeah, so I have never shut the door. Uh, When my kids have quiet time, I keep doors open always. And the reason for that is so they never feel distant. I feel like a closed door can automatically make a small child or even an adult have a sense of distance. When you're you're growing up and you're mad at your parents, you run to your room, you don't keep the door open, you shut it because Mm -hmm. it's you're creating distance. Right. So I think with kids, the same thing. So if my kids are having a quiet time in their room, the rule is keep your door open. And this also ensures that they are staying quiet and they are being calm because as soon as you close the door, they could be screaming and up to no good and you wouldn't really know because the door's closed. So I love that door open policy. I think it's great with the kids. And even just throughout the day, we say, if you want some alone time, let me and Papa know we're going to find a spot for you but we're not allowed to close doors because we don't want to create a huge disconnect because our kids are so young. I feel like if you're dealing with older kids, it's maybe a little bit different, but we want to just kind of ensure our kids that even when we're having time by ourselves, we're still together as a family and we're still a unit. So um, my kids have a lot of security 
in open doors, I think most children do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like a typical quiet time for Ivy, um, she, she actually doesn't like being in her room for a quiet time because usually Elizabeth, my youngest, they share a room. She's napping. So mm-hmm. then Ivy has to be really, really quiet. Okay. Uh, even turning pages of a book can be too loud. So Ivy loves being in the living room, on the couch or on the carpet. And I like having, instead of just putting my child in a room and be like, stay there. I like having a carpet or a blanket or a piece of furniture and they have to either just sit or remain in that little space for that time because it's a different area or it's a different look. So like we'll have a quiet time blanket. It's something we just bring out during quiet time or quiet time books or quiet time toys, something very specific to quiet time, Mm -hmm. uh, which also makes those things very special. And Ivy will sit, she will read, she will sometimes sing, she'll color, she'll she'll do puzzles, and she'll just be so, so busy. Um, once in a while, we'll do Play-Doh, and that's very, very special. Mm-hmm. Um, but our quiet time is so simple, and uh, and I think that's the key. So many people make it so intense and such a rehearsed thing, and you know what, when it comes down to it, your kid needs a blanket. They need to know you're around. I love putting on really just gentle, soft, soft music because it does calm your child's brain. There's so many scientific reports because of um, just the amount of kids. It was a lot of like high functioning ADHD kind of kids. And they were doing all these studies on um, kids in the schoolroom that had these things that did not have like a classical like think like Bach, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky music uh, versus the students that did and the students that did just above and beyond incredible because music really does it. It affects us and it affects our brains and it just triggers that calm sense throughout our body. So I love some soft music and like my kids do amazing, Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. And I think they have because we've stayed consistent because we started young. If you start later, it's going to be harder, but it's still doable. I had a mom start quiet time with her 14 year old son Mm -hmm. and, and amazing. And he'll have an hour of quiet time, even as a 14 year old every single day. And he no longer has his mom set the clock for him. He says, when he's ready to have quiet time every single day because it's different for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We even, um, a lot of times I will go, if Charlotte wants to go outside into the backyard for her quiet time, I'll take my work out there and work while she plays. And so that way we're not inside with the boys sleeping. And you can, I guess, think outside of the box because I'm really glad you said that about the door being closed as well, because I've always closed the doors. But like I said, now that we're kind of in this transitional season with Charlotte, um, she's almost six years old and being a little bit more extroverted, wanting to talk and share. I think that door does represent that she's closed off to us. But if it's open, it's like, I know that I'm going to talk to them sooner than later. So I really like that you said that I would have given the opposite advice, but I think that your advice is <laughs> No, I think that's great. <laughs> and and I mean, it is. It is different for everybody. But I think also um, one of the best ways we can teach our kids is by giving giving them uh, the choice mm-hmm. between yes and no. So um, I think when your child, say your child has a toy or a, let's say something dangerous, a knife mm-hmm. in your child's hand. And you can say, hey, Johnny, I want actually we may not want to use a knife because you should probably take that away from your child's hand right away. Your child's taking a toy from one of your, one of the siblings instead of grabbing the toy out of your child's hand and saying, 
know this is the opportunity for your child to really learn and to really think. Mm -hmm. And if your child's very young, there is that sense of, I just want to take it because my child doesn't understand. Give it to the other kid. But you need to take your child and guide that child to your others and let that child put the toy Mm -hmm. into the hand. So it's the same thing with a quiet time. I feel like if you close that door, um, you've not only kind of blocked your child off, but Mm -hmm. if your child sees you, um, you're kind of wondering, is my child going to talk to me or not? I've put my child in this position where usually this child could talk to me, but because we're having quiet time, Mm -hmm. will my child do it? So it's putting your child in a situation of, okay, should I or shouldn't I? I have the ability to, but what am I doing right now? Where am I at right now? It's giving your child the ability to really think through should I say something or should I not? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this important right now or is it not? And during quiet time with my kids, having that open door, Ivy will see me walk around the house and go do things. And she has every chance to be like, hey, mom, what's going on? What's up? Let's go do this later. Um, But then she also takes, takes the other road and goes, actually, I know it's quiet time. And even though I can usually talk to mom, I'm going to let this slide because it's quiet time. Mm -hmm. So I think I really enjoy putting my kids in situations where it's like, they have two choices. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see what they take versus we're closing the door, you don't have any choice, you can't talk to me, Mm -hmm. give your child the ability even to sometimes fail, because it brings about conversation. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And I was, as we're sitting here talking, I am somewhat I feel like blending quiet time and independent play. I don't think that I think there's independent play outside of quiet time as well, because when I'm talking about Charlotte and me being outside for her independent play, that's actually different from her quiet time. And so I don't want to confuse the two because I do think that there's a time for it to be quiet and relaxing for our children and for them to reset and refresh as well. But when we're talking about the independent play, I guess, like moving back to more of the maybe outside of quiet time, is there too much that they can have? I was we don't want to be neglectful or use it as like, oh, I don't have to play with them or I can avoid them because they're playing independently. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of kids will just naturally go out and will go off and, and play. And there has been some parents that they think, oh, a lot of independent play is linked to autism and high functioning stuff and all this, whatever. And that might be the case. But I think our kids are so smart and they know their needs. And I remember growing up doing a ton of independent play beyond, yeah, beyond the quiet time. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think kids know what they need. Um, I think if a child is maybe in an environment that can be really negative or scary, there can obviously be more of that because it's kind of like the um, fight or flight or whatever, where they just I can either be present with these people that are negative and it's scary, or I can just get away. And I feel like a lot of kids will obviously pick just want to get away. Mm -hmm. So in that, maybe check, check your tone moms. Mm -hmm. I I know a lot of kids can feel scared just over the tone that we use. So there's, there's a difference between, can you go get me that versus can you just go get me that? You know, Mm -hmm. there's such a difference in that tone, but you're saying the exact same thing. So, so check with yourself. Where's your heart? How are you talking with your kids? Because some kids can just naturally go, you know, mom's, mom's really negative. (laughs) I need to, I need to escape for a bit. So maybe check on that. But for the most part, for like a normal 
kind of functioning kiddo, Mm -hmm. a lot of independent play is normal and good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe they can struggle with being in a group a lot of the time, and that's something you may want to work on and towards. But I don't think there's anything along the lines of too much independent play unless there's negative factors Mm -hmm. that are encouraging, encouraging that child to do so. Because just like I said previously, children reset by themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not very often that kids hang out with kids and go, Oh, I finally feel so good. Yeah, this feels great. They need that reset to just to be by themselves. I think it's totally normal. And and that's how my kids have been. Mm -hmm. There are some days Ivy, Calvin, even Elizabeth will play independently for three, four hours. Mm -hmm. And they're happy as ever. Mm -hmm. And I don't see anything negative coming from them doing that. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. My son is really into independent play. He will do that. He'll wake up at 6 a.m. and he'll just play in his room until 7 and then that's when he calls us to come out. So it's kind of Yes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I guess what is a final maybe bit of advice for a mom that's like, I just can't do it. Like, it's not going to happen. Well, how would you encourage her? Oh, man. I mean, Everything is so doable when it comes to your kids, even if they're having issues mentally or whatever, everything is so doable. It really, like I said before, starts with us being on top of it, Mm -hmm. um, just continuing with it. And I mean, I knew a kid and he struggled with ADHD. He was super hyperactive and he was really busy and he was the kid that would he would do school and he'd be tapping his fingers and kicking his feet and just he was moving, moving, moving. And uh, the mom decided to start a quiet time. She was reading about how important a quiet time was and how it can lead to independent play and just being more confident, more self-reliant, all this stuff. And everything her son kind of really lacked and made his school life hard, his friend life hard, his family life hard. So she started, I think her son was like six. Mm-hmm. And um started with five minutes every day. She primed him for a week. We're going to do quiet time. We're going to do quiet time. And then starting, it was just five minutes a day. And that five minutes turned into 15 and 15 to 30 and to an hour. And then by the time the child was eight years old, he would set for himself his own quiet time every day. And then throughout his day, he would focus in on independent play naturally. Mm -hmm. And his ADHD, all those kind of triggers and him moving around, they all really, really decreased and lessened. And uh, the doctors were just amazed, like, wow, we can't believe this. Like, he's not on meds and he's he's reacting so normal and his teachers are praising him. And it's because he had the ability to just sit Mm -hmm. and to just refocus and recharge Mm -hmm. and and enjoy doing what he likes to doing what he likes to do, um, finding his identity and, and all that stuff. So I think it's doable for any kid mm-hmm. and for any parent to really start um, introducing this into a kid's life for their benefit. It's going to take work. And I'm not going to tell you that it's easy because it's not, especially if you're starting later, mm-hmm. but it is doable. It mm-hmm. is so doable. No, that's a great, that's a great word. Um, Well, Sarah, where can listeners find you if they want to hear more of your wisdom? Oh, (laughs) my wisdom. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, (laughs) I do have have my YouTube channel, Sarah Therese, 
And I, I have a lot of videos talking about things like this. And I have a whole video, like what you said, dedicated to uh, having your kids just entertain themselves and independent play. So be sure to check that out. And I'm Sarah Therese V on Instagram. Great. Well, and no, it is, I wanted to say, I really do think you are very convicting, but not in a mean way. It's very much like tough love, but it's like, I care enough about this topic to encourage you in this way. You can do it. It might be hard. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Check yourself. I don't know. I just really appreciate the way that you communicate this. Oh, cool. Cool. Thank you. And I do, I I think it's serious. And I think all this cool, great stuff in life really does take work and it takes time and it takes people and prayer and, I mean, if you want to do it, you got to kind of buckle down and go like, okay, like, let's do it. And, and I think we got to get more serious about this stuff and maybe be a little bit uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is, I mean, firstly for our kids benefit and secondly for our benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we wrap things up, I know we did this the last time that you joined me, but I'm sure that you are minimizing or simplifying something right now that might be a little bit different from a few months ago. So what is your minimalist moment of the week? Ooh, I have been having so much fun simplifying my meal plans and my cooking. And I've realized that I can put chicken breasts into a crock pot on Monday and make that chicken stretch until like Wednesday or Thursday. I can put it in salads. I can put it in chicken noodle soup. I can put it as tacos or enchiladas. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a lot of meal preps on my Mondays with just one type of meat or vegetable or whatever, and letting it stretch throughout all my dinners for a lot of the week. So I've been really simplifying my cooking, um, really just kind of taking a step back and being like, I don't have to create a four or five course meal. I can do something really small, really minimal, and it still feeds the kids. It still makes the husband happy. No, that's great. I need to get my crock pot back out. It's, um, I'm yes. in Ohio and the weather will be probably be turning here in about a month. So I love making fall dishes in the crock pot, soups and stews. Mm-hmm. Usually, so great. And then the last question is what is something that you can't stop talking about? My master bedroom. <laughs> I, Um, I've kept my master bedroom very minimal and even still now it is very minimal, but I've been going on thrift store adventures and treasure hunts, trying to find some cool, really affordable pieces for mine and Kieran's master bedroom to make it feel more open, to make it easier to take care of, to make it just be minimal, but still have some things in there that are just very cool, very vintage, very special to us. Um, So I can't stop talking about just all these cool little things I found for my master bedroom and these little discoveries. And it's like my project right now. So Mm -hmm. I can't stop talking about it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much again for your time. I always enjoy talking with you. And like I said, I do think you have a lot of wisdom when it comes to parenting and minimalism and just living intentionally. So I appreciate your time today. Cool. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. What did you think of the interview? I wanted to add one more thing to the conversation, and that is to always say what you mean and to mean what you say. So I guess you're probably thinking, what does that have to do with independent play and quiet time? I would just say the same goes for quiet time. 
as you're leading up to the days before you implement a quiet time or some type of independent play structure, you need to follow through with your words. If you say that you're going to do it, have that expectation. But I think that it really does start with us and the way that we interact with our children. Just be consistent with our expectations, with our words, and follow through. What are your thoughts? Do you do a quiet time? Is quiet time different from their independent play time? Do you open the door? Do you close the door? Do you let them go outside? Do you let them stay inside? Are they having their quiet time with their siblings? I guess then it probably wouldn't be so quiet, but I would love to know your thoughts. So I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week as I bring you the first in a two-part series on sustainability. I'll be speaking with Kat Steck of the Junkyard Journals, and she will bring us all of her knowledge regarding fast fashion. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.